Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. Well, heroes, apparently we're approaching award season for podcasts. I want to thank everybody who took their time to help nominate us for the podcastawards.com gaming category. We're not going to know about that one for later, and it sort of snuck up on us, so I don't know about our chances for that one. But thanks! So if you missed that one, don't worry about it. But there is something that you can help us with right now. The good folks over at Board Game Geek and RPG Geek are preparing their categories for the Golden Geek Awards. One Shot is a definite choice in the podcasting category over at RPG Geek, so if you happen to have a Board Game Geek membership, and one that you paid for, I guess, you're eligible to nominate us. That's something I would appreciate, but obviously it's not necessary. I don't want anybody paying to make a Board Game Geek account just to vote for us. That's crazy. Save your money to give to us. There are just about a dozen tickets left for the Chicago Demystics Game Master Circle. If you want to talk about game mastering with me, Kat Murphy, Will Hindmarch, Kenneth Height, and many others, head over to the link in the show notes and get your tickets now. Guys, let's talk about our game for this week, Cosmic Patrol. Published by Catalyst Game Labs, notable for the Shadowrun franchise, Cosmic Patrol was a throwback to Golden Age sci-fi, the sort of stories where heroes would walk around in bubble helmets and spaceships would fly around on wires. The system is light and simple and lends itself really well to improvisation. Also, if you're the sort of person who likes to roll a full set of polyhedrals, this system makes use of the full set. Even the much-neglected D12 gets a lot of action in this game. I think what impressed me most about Cosmic Patrol is the setup for their suggested campaigns. They're very loose and really give you a few keywords and scenarios to spin your story out of. If you're looking to stretch your improv muscles and you're tired of lasers and feelings, this is a good fit for you. It's also got just enough crunch to satisfy the people who are into combat in your group. It's a great go-between for story and traditional games. It's also really affordable at $4.99 for the PDF. And the bound volume comes in a beautiful red booklet that fits in your pocket. Finally, I want to thank our guests this week from Fake Geek Girl Productions. And I'd like to congratulate them on their upcoming web series, Space Happens, which is going to be premiering on the internet to the world on February 13th. You can get information about their series right now by following the link in the show notes. And with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. So let's meet our party for this week. First up is Nathan Thompson. Nathan, welcome to One Shot. Thank you. Let's learn a little bit more about your character this week. Who are you going to be playing for us? I'm going to be playing 324A, also known as Joe. He is a rogue robot. He was built by uh, Mel's character, and he is a tall, thin robot, cylindrical, looks a bit like a pen, with four arms and four spindly legs. Two okay. spindly legs. <laughs> and uh, rogue robot, is he roguish um, or more rakish? Because I believe he fights with a non-traditional weapon. He for does. He is, he is a bit rakishly roguish, and uh, he fights with two space katana swords. Very cool. Very cool. Um, just out of curiosity for your character, why does he prefer to fight with space katanas? He was programmed that way. Because space katanas are cool, according to Mel's character. And you, you've got to have a cool robot friend. 
Well, speaking of Mel's character, let's turn our attention to Mel Fox. Hey. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Mel, let's learn a little bit about your character for this week. Uh, my character is Isaac, and he drives a giant robot named Delta Zed. He's a 13-year-old boy genius who built uh, both Delta Zed and Joe. Suddenly the <laughs> katana-wielding robot makes much more sense. <laughs> right. He's... A little bit uh, immature and, uh, you know, a genius in an adult's world, so he's, he's going to be kind of annoying. Uh, what, what does he look like? Uh, he's short. He's got blonde hair. It's slicked back with Neptunian space gel. Right, uh, yeah. He's got cute little shorts with suspenders, a little <laughs> button-down shirt. He's adorable, but he's an asshole. Um, I'm picturing him with a uh, just a smattering of uh, freckles across his nose. Definitely, and I can see that rosy cheeks. Of course, yeah, adorable, but acts like an asshole. <laughs> of course, um, he drives a giant robot, and I'd say he's about ten to twelve feet tall. One arm has a gigantic laser on it, and the other arm has a claw because claws are cool. Yeah. Uh, his cockpit is right in the center of the chest, and he kind of sits in a really nice-looking stuffed chair, kind of like kind of like Krang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, so just replace Krang with an adorable thirteen-year-old boy <laughs> instead of a weird brain creature, and you've got Isaac. Pretty All right. Um, and let's let's turn to our final party member, Deborah Kraft. Hello there. And Deborah, you guys are all here because you are part of a company called Fake Geek Girl Productions. This is true. Uh, so why don't you explain a little bit about who you guys are and what you're doing? All right. So Fake Geek Girl Productions um, was the brainchild of our friend and partner, Nicole Keating. And she and we all saw the... Um, saw the total lack of women in sci-fi. And we all love sci-fi shows and superhero stories and all of these sort of geek culture storylines, mm -hmm. but noticed the complete lack of women in the stories. And we decided, well, hey, why don't we do something about that? Particularly since we'd all wanted to, at some point, be a part of shows like this. So why not create them for ourselves? So that's what we set out to do. And, and I, I think that's a wonderful thing. I mean, it, it's uh, in nerd culture, I'm sure fans of the show know, it's really difficult to find equal representation for men and women in these geek culture uh, areas. So having somebody actually step forward and go, oh, no, I'm going to create that space mm -hmm. and I'm going to put out more stories with women as central characters. Yeah. That's That's a great project. Rather than wait for someone else to do it. We've got the, the creativity to do it, so why not? Well, wonderful. What, what's your first project going to be? First project is going to be a web series called Space Happens. It is a sci-fi satire comedy, um, and of course, featuring several wonderful female comedians from Chicago. Um, there are six or seven main characters, but the lead is the character that we follow through the entire first season at any mm -hmm. rate, um, with some focus, is a female who started from the ground up on a huge, you know, corporate run spaceship and shortly into the first season finds herself with her own spaceship mm -hmm. um accidentally on purpose and <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, she has to set out finding her way through the universe alone, find crew, um 
and get from point A to point B. Excellent. So it's got sort of a kiss of Firefly to it. Yes, there was some definite Firefly influence, definite Star Trek influence, first generation, next generation, all of them really. A little bit of Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf, mm. Doctor bit, Who. A little bit of Space Quest for the old folks in the audience. Yeah, we really sort of shucked our influences from all over the the pantheon of sci-fi-ness. Very cool. So if people want to find out more information about this, because by the time we're airing this episode, your series is going to start airing in itself. Okay. I think we're going to bank it until then. So um, where cool. can they go? They should head first to our Facebook page. Right now, that is where the highest traffic of information is mm-hmm. um, and where space happens on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, at Space Happens. We're also on Instagram. Um, and we have a website, Space Dash happens? Is it dash or underscore? It's it's a dash at the moment, but it will be strictly spacehappens.com very soon. Okay. Oh, wonderful. So we're working on the website. That is not as far along as we would hope, but some of these things take much longer as listeners, we're discovering. Listeners than... who are living in the future may right now yeah. be living in a world with spacehappens.com <laughs> under your control. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so let's learn a little bit more about your character, Deborah. Okay. Who are you playing for us? My character's name is Audrey Orion, and she's an intelligence agent. Dun dun dun. She, physically speaking, she's five foot four. She's round 125 toned. She has shoulder length blonde hair on the left side, black hair on the right Ooh. side. Getting fancy. Mm hmm. Violet eyes. Uh. Because why not? Yeah, I always right. wanted to be a violet-eyed character. <laughs> I should point I'm sure out this will play nothing in the plot. This but. is Deborah Kraft's first role-playing game. <laughs> so you have made the classic decisions that everybody should make, having the most fun hair they've ever imagined they could have <laughs> and having the most fun eyes they've imagined they could have. Welcome to the world of <laughs> role-playing. <laughs> um, so in terms of what she wears, she wears a bodysuit, a space bodysuit, mm-hmm. um, because space is a good mon- modifier. Um and it, it's equipped with buttons on the sleeve that she can press to change the look of the suit. So she can make herself, her body invisible, or Ooh. she can't, because she's intelligence agent, she has to sneak around places, so she needs this ability. But she can also make it look whatever color she wants. Its default is charcoal gray. So there we are. She's in a charcoal gray suit, and um, she's got a utility belt on. Her weapon of choice is a phasic whip. Ooh. And I don't know what that is, but it's a whip of some kind. Uh, Phasic whip just is whatever your imagination tells you it is. Ooh. So you decide what a phasic whip is. And while you're deciding, I think we are going to start the show. Excellent. We join our heroes at the Cosmic Patrol headquarters. Uh, so I want you guys to each describe one aspect of the Cosmic Patrol headquarters. What makes it cool? What makes it unique? You can tell me where it's located. It can be on Earth. It can be in space. It can be anywhere. And describe a feature of it. It's a space station. Okay, it's a space station. Is yes. it an orbit of Earth? Yes, it is. Okay. And it's designed to uh, look like the the badge of the space patrol yes <laughs> which has a very large uh uh the the space patrol badge has a, a planet in the middle so the center of the space station is this large circular uh rotunda where all the the foot traffic uh comes and goes so it is it is the, the busiest place 
in the entire space station is dead center where there's the glass dome that looks out into space and everybody's crossing back and forth in a mad dash to make sure all the papers are filed on time. But also on this insignia are rings that are um, used for working out and whatnot. There's a track that goes around the entire space station, mm. basically, and there's equipment and whatnot. And um, Do they constantly circle the station? It constantly circles the station. And it's quiet. There's special sound absorbing material on the interior of this, of these rings. So it's ex- especially quiet when you're in the rings. Sounds creepy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Audrey Orion, commander of the elite unit of the Cosmic Patrol, is hard at work, while Isaac, boy genius, is behind her trying to distract her. Seriously, Isaac, stop it already. Oh, come on. I just want permission to build that new part for my robot. Does it mean you'll leave me alone? Go build it. Good lord. Of course. Fine, I'll leave you alone. Thank you. Oh, and take Joe with you. But I am just standing here. Take him already. I don't want him with me. All right, fine. He leaks all over the place. That is not my fault. There is a small puddle of motor oil that's uh, that's leaking out of his foot. Uh, and as he starts walking away, there are footprints that are left behind him. I have requested several times to have my feet resealed, but no, nobody ever listens to me. I've been busy with Delta Z. Give me a break. You spend too much time with that robot. Ah, oh, you're just jealous. Uh, Joe, I stepped in it. Clean it up. Uh, the main computer starts ringing. It's a m- incoming message for you, Audrey. Computer, play message. Audrey Orion, it's the president you of... You don't have to shout. I'm right here. I'm sorry. I got a new phone on my end. <laughs> can you hear me? I can Am hear I... you just fine. I don't have many bars. Audrey! Audrey, are you there? You're coming in. Stop it already. What? All right. I can't hear you. I'm just going to talk. Oh, Audrey, it's the president of space. Am I supposed to respond? Now you're supposed to respond. (laughs) I thought you couldn't hear me. I just wanted to get through my introduction (laughs) uninterrupted. Never going to happen. Mr. President. Audrey, I've got a serious mission for you and the rest of Cosmic Patrol. Go ahead, Mr. President. We've received word of strange signals emanating from the red planet Mars. That does not sound good. It's not good at all. We can't decode these signals. We need we need somebody with the brains and the ingenuity to figure out what these signals could possibly mean and should it represent a threat to the people of Earth and our solar system to stamp it out. It sounds like a job for me and Delta Z. Is that a child? That What's was a child I... doing in the top secret that headquarters was Isaac. of the Cosmic Patrol? me to him. Oh, did I? <laughs> Years ago, oh my god, now I know why I haven't gotten out of this assignment. Yes, of course you did. Do you have any intelligence yet on what it might be, what that signal might be coming from? We've recorded the signal for for now, I'll I'll beam it over to you. And the signal comes through, and it's sort of this crackly white noise with uh, barely audible groans and moans behind it. Joe, it sounds like you. Indeed it does. Perhaps I can translate. Allow me to plug in. 
All right, Joe. So do you want to try and translate this signal? Because you absolutely can make an attempt. That is just going to be a brains roll. Seven. So the way Cosmic Patrol works for our uh, listeners at home, in Cosmic Patrol, you combine your regular die, which is a D12 in this system, as it receives no love in other systems, and uh, it's combined with a stat die. In this case, it was a D6, and that plus his D12 made a 7, and that is rolled against my die, uh, the difficulty die, which came up a 17. So, Ooh. unfortunately, uh, this signal is just too complicated uh, for you to decode. Unfortunately, my upgrades have not been completed. My CPU is still too small to adequately translate this program. Is that robot leaking motor oil out of its foot? I am glad that you noticed, sir. That's not regulation! Somebody seal that robot's foot! Oh, for Pete's sake! If you had done this when I asked, it would not be a problem now. Ugh. Look, maybe I can translate it. Audrey, me and the people of Space America are depending on you. <laughs> Remember, when you're out there, you're fighting for space freedom! <laughs> space justice! And the Space American Way. The Space American Way, which I'll remind everyone is space capitalism. <laughs> Very important. Very. I understand exactly what you mean, Mr. President. We'll take care of it. You're my girl, Audrey. You're my boy, Blue. Boop. <laughs> 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 And the space president uh, disappears from the screen. You, there's, we see on your desk, uh, there's a picture of the space president next to a candle and a rose. <laughs> That's right, Mr. President. I'll do you proud. I'll do you real proud. <laughs> Isaac, grab Delta and fix Joe's foot already. Oh, fine. Meet me back at the pod in five minutes. All right. Joe's foot goes up on the desk. Clunk. Joe, have Isaac fix your foot, get it off my desk, and go to the pod. Please. Thank you. And clean up your mouth, man. The Cosmic Patrol Headquarters is a vast space station that caters to transport all across the solar system. On the far side, the elite ships of the Cosmic Stealth Units are kept. Here we find the ship called Pod, the ship of our heroes. And guys, I will need you to describe each one aspect of the Pod. What does the Pod look like? The pilot's chair is a massage chair. Mm. (laughs) Which is why Audrey likes to pilot the ship. Of course. (laughs) It is spectacularly rocket ship shaped. So it's got that classic, uh, classic bullet um, rocket ship shape. I think there's a sweet lab in the back for mm-hmm. Isaac to work on Delta Z and Joe. The quarters area is very uh metallic and chrome and there's there's no uh mattresses or pillows or anything. It's all that sort of square blocky with slightly rounded edges uh, uh <laughs> aesthetic. So, like, the only padded area really is the captain's chair, is that massage chair. That massage chair in the captain's chair. Rank has its privileges. <laughs> but it is also because it's Space America, where space capitalism is space king, 
Um, how many other words can I put space in front of? Perfect. Um, it is also built by the lowest bidder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is totally contracted out. So The lowest space bidder. Yeah. Lowest space oh. bidder. <laughs> yeah, we could put cushions on your ship. It's just going to cost you extras. Well, I suppose they don't need that. You can cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's this, air conditioning? They don't need air conditioning. It's space. It's cold enough. <laughs> um, I like that... We'll just open a port. It'll be fine. <laughs> I like that Space America apparently has a bunch of British people making the decisions. <laughs> don't the Brits make all the decisions for us? I mean, really. <laughs> uh, so you guys have gathered onto the pod, which is clearly an acronym that we will determine what it stands for later on. <laughs> what uh, what what are you doing in preparation for your launch? Is there anything you want to do to prepare for your launch? And where are you going to fly? Are you going directly to Mars? We are going to need to collect supplies, both mechanical and foodstuffs. And as usual, that's Joe's job. He has the... The grocery list and the uh, uh, the back <laughs> with which to carry all of the uh, all of the supplies into the cargo hold. Okay, that's what he's doing. Um, I am going to say throughout this adventure, if at any time uh, you guys want to dip into a special supply that you have brought on board the ship to help you with the mission, all you need to do is cash in one of your plot points. And I will say that that is part of one of the mysterious crates that are you are now loading onto the pod. Um, what else are we doing? Do we need to do anything else to ready ourselves for this flight? Nah, fix his foot on the ship. <laughs> We haven't fixed it yet. So meanwhile, so you see, I see this being a plot point later. In the, in the grocery store, there's just this trail of oily footprints. Yeah. It's all up and down the loading dock to the ship. Joe just has a collection of caution slippery floor signs that he just, just drops just behind keeps him. dropping behind him. Annoying sign. <laughs> Isaac, uh, why don't you take a crack at decoding that signal? Um, okay. And once again, that is going to be the D12, which we have determined before the game is a soccer ball looking one. <laughs> um, and that'll be plus your brain's die, which it's is also a D12. So you need to roll two D12s. Ooh, I got 16. Okay, you have severely beaten my two. Uh -huh. uh, so you take a look at these uh, signals, um, and you realize that it's written in code. It's robotic pig Latin. <laughs> All you need to do to decode it is uh, throw it into your decoding device, and it comes out the other side a bunch of aggressive beeps and squeaks uh it's still not something that a human would be able to recognize but uh joe you hear that and it causes a chill to run down your robotic spine oh no 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 shot him off smack joe shut up come on what does it say that is nothing more than the language of the ruthless killbots the killbots have risen again i'm gonna call for a brains roll from audrey D12, I need to borrow another D12, please. Great, everyone has D12 brains? I'm a stupid robot. Yeah. <laughs> 11. 11. 
I am going to say that you have encountered the Killbots once before Ooh. in a mission beyond Pluto. It was a dare. One of your ships mysteriously uh, put out an emergency signal and then was suddenly silenced. You were sent out to investigate it. Uh, what you found was a ship that was stripping it of all of its resources. Uh, you snuck aboard to, uh, figure out what was going on, and it was the murderous kill bots that were sweeping through and taking everything of, every resource of worth from this ship. You managed to save the crew, but not the ship, and you barely escaped with your life. Ooh. Barely. And had they ever been further or closer to Earth than Pluto? No, no. Pluto is the closest they ever got. These are not, these are robots that are, for, at least to your knowledge, not even from our solar system, not created by humans. It's like the Borg. <gasps> what would they have done to people had they captured them? Do I you, know? You don't know, and you don't want to find out. Hmm. But I still need to find out what they're doing on Mars, so we better continue on with this mission, right? Mm-hmm. I would strongly advise against that. They are killbots. Well, if you're afraid, you can stay back home. Of course I am afraid. But well, I'm not afraid. Let's go. This sounds like fun. Doesn't sound like fun. It sounds like danger. Oh, wait. That is fun. <laughs> Anyhow, we need to go and find out what their mission is and why they're on Mars. It's too close to home for my comfort. You guys take off. Uh, the, the trip from Earth to Mars is not too far, certainly not as far as it would be for us with our lower technology, as this is in the distant year 2020. Um, <laughs> where I love it. technology has advanced to the point where we can travel between planets in the solar system in mere minutes. Mere minutes it took us to get there. I wasn't even ready to plan. There wasn't even enough time to repair Joe. I noticed. <laughs> Robotic sigh. <laughs> um, uh, after a couple minutes, you guys arrive in orbit around the red planet Mars. What are you doing? What's your approach? Well, first we're going to collect some data. We're going to see if we can pinpoint exactly where on the planet the killbots are. And then we're going to see if we can pinpoint exactly how big their camp is. Once we've done that, we're going to hop onto our little subpod. <laughs> subpod. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me right now. We're going to hop into our little subpod and go down planet side. We're going to see what we can gather reconnaissance-wise. I think it might be best if Joe stays on the pod, but I don't know if Isaac is going to let me do that. We'll find out. <laughs> She's monologuing. <laughs> that was an aside, that was, guys. That one said directly to the audience. <laughs> Captain's log. Captain's log. Start eight today. <laughs> I, I, look, uh, Mr. Ryan, I really have to talk to you about this. All of your logs say start date today. Well, when I make them, they're all today. Well, yeah, I, under I, I appreciate that. I identify with that. It's just when I listen to them. <laughs> Why are you listening to my logs? Now. It's like breaking into a young girl's diary. It I shouldn't to, be done. How would you like it catalog? if I broke into yours? That I've is, done it. That is my job, ma'am. <laughs> Please. Who put you up to this? Space president told me that I. It's my space job. Space president wants to know what my life is like. He wants to know right. what the life of all the pilots in the space fleet are like. You mean I'm not special to him? Okay, Sorry. I can see that this is a this is some sort of a personal issue. 
So I'm just going to mark down does not meet expectations. <laughs> no, no, I'll change them all. We've workshopped a solution. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the present. <laughs> All right. right. First thing we're going to do, we're going to need to see if we can find out where on the planet they're broadcasting from. How do we do that? I could probably try to do that. As terrified as I am of the Killbots, they are, after all, the robotic equivalent of the Boogeyman. I am fully capable of understanding most forms of robotic communication. I will be able to find some type of communication that I can tell you is Killbot related. Prove it. 18. Nice roll. Yeah. You basically plug yourself into the ship's scanners um, and give yourself direct access to the scanning capabilities of the pod. That allows you to surf the various radio waves around Mars uh, to try and find a familiar signal. And indeed you do. Uh, coming from one of the largest canyons on Mars, uh, there appears to be a faint but distinct signal that's very similar to the killbot signal that you heard earlier. There is a faint but very distinct signal coming from Chippepaqua Canyon on Mars. Well, Told I think you. We, we should head out and go check it out. Slow down there, Sparky. We need to have a plan of action first. I've got yeah. Delta Z. I don't need anything else. We have to sneak up on them. That's the whole point. They can't know that we're here. Ah. Joe, I'm afraid you're going to have to stay shipside. You're leaking oil all over the place. Gee, Don, I'm so sad I'll be in the cabin. <laughs> well, don't run. <laughs> all right. Isaac, you and I are going to have to go planet side. All right, let's do this. <laughs> we see the magnificent subpod of the terrific pod, the most advanced spaceship in the entire cosmic patrol star fleet, detach from its home on the larger pod and zoom down to the planet where unknown dangers await. <laughs> we see you guys in bubble helmets open well, the door of the Zed. pod. Oh, yeah, you're just, yeah, you're yeah, just I'm in just Zed. We'll have to split up to cover more ground. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not, really? It's always a good plan. <laughs> we'll have to split up and cover more ground. You go left, I'll go right. We'll meet somewhere. <laughs> no. Meet. We'll, we'll meet on the other side of the planet. We'll meet. we'll meet in a couple of days on the other side of the planet. No. We'll meet back at the subpod in an hour. Sounds good. All right. I love the way this is going. So you guys have immediately divided up, <laughs> split the party. Why not? <laughs> Traditionally the most wonderful idea in any role-playing game. Are you saying that sarcastically? <laughs> I, uh, th there's no hint of sarcasm in my voice. <laughs> Uh, so, Audrey, these are rules and tricks you should have told me before we started. We are going to start up with you. Okay. Um, you have gone. Uh, you you've started like heading towards one end of the gorge. Uh, you've sent Isaac and Delta Z off to the other end of the gorge. Uh, what is your plan of approach? How are you approaching this area, and what are you looking for? Well, I'm going to start off skirting the outer rim of the canyon. I'm going to see if I can't get eyes on these kill bots, see if I can't find their home base. If after a quarter of the canyon's diameter has been walked, I can't see anything, I'll scooch down into the canyon, oh. hide behind rocks with my phasic whip ready to go. 
I am going to need your a roll of your brains. My brains are a d12, which means I need to borrow a d12. 18. 18. You managed to navigate your way around a good portion of the canyon. It's really dark in there. I mean, and certainly on areas of Mars where there is shadow, it is incredibly cold and hostile. Even your cosmic patrol issue environmental suits can only do so much to repel the cold. You've finally gotten to the point where you're like, I need to traverse the canyon if I'm going to get eyes in there. Uh, you don't want to risk anything by using a light. Uh, so you, uh, switch on, uh, one of your, uh, cosmic scanners that allows you to see different, uh, signals of light. And as you look into the canyon, you believe you see a blinking light down at the bottom. Time to investigate this blinking light down at the bottom of the canyon. All right. Wait, let's check the time. Do we have time? You've got, you've got half an hour. You should Excellent. be golden. I'm good to go. I'll need you to make a brawn check in Ooh, order to safely check. rappel down the side of the canyon. Nine. Perfect. Uh, you, you start rappelling slowly. You find a good area to anchor your rope, uh, and you let yourself gently down inside the canyon. And when you reach a uh, ledge that's about halfway down the canyon, you notice the geometry here is much different than it is at the top. And you realize none of this could be formed naturally. <gasps> These are all right angles. This is this area is clearly made by some intelligent being. Could it be the killbots who made this area? Is and it we the Martians. And with that, we jump over to Isaac and Delta Zed. Isaac, uh, what is your approach? We're going to skirt around the other side of the gorge mm -hmm. and see what we can see and probably do something slightly irrational. Okay. <laughs> going to go check out what we can see from the other side. Um, you guys are looking around on your one side of the canyon, and I want you to make a brains check. Uh, 20. 20. Wunderbar! <laughs> uh, you're looking around the edge of the canyon when you see actually off to the side, uh, there are some rocks, uh, that are in an interesting formation. Uh, you pilot Delta Z over to those rocks and fire up his air cannon, uh, which blows away some dust that had been sitting on them. And you see that there is indeed carved masonry here and a strange language not known to you. Interesting. I wonder if I could scan this with Delta Z and translate some of it. Well, for that, you'll have to make a brains roll. Excellent. Successful again. Uh, you start running this through Delta Z's uh, programmed uh, decoder. And it picks up different patterns in the writing that you find on the rocks. Um, and you manage to suss out a language, uh, from it. It appears to be like some sort of, referring to some sort of religious ceremony or something of that nature. But you know now from scanning it and trying to translate, it's nothing like any language that's existed on Earth before. And meanwhile, we are going to cut back over to Joe. Joe, what are you doing in the spaceship while everybody else is hard at work? Catching up on my robot soaps. <laughs> What's the name of a robot soap? <laughs> Days of our gears. 
Days of Our Gears. So you're watching Days of Our Gears uh, when we the we we the audience see you from behind on the sofa uh, reacting to Days of Our Gears <laughs> with blowing oil <laughs> onto a tissue um, and throwing it off to the side. Seven three one five two nine. She's not good enough for you. <laughs> um, and we, the audience, see you from behind as a large shadow looms up over you. I wonder if I should turn around mm-hmm. or if I will regret that. I will turn around. Raise all of your arms into the air, robot, slave, or we will be forced to destroy you rather than reprogram you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) His arms slowly, and because he's been losing so much motor oil, squeakily, (laughs) squeakily raise up. Um, Does that reprogramming come with a resealed foot? We could arrange that. Excellent. Let's talk. Um, So you turn around and you come face to face with a kill bot. Uh, oh, snap. <laughs> killbots are uh, slightly larger than you. Uh, they, instead of you having, you know, normal graspers or anything that you would use as hands, they have two tremendous saw blades for hands. Um, and they have uh, this, like, static ball. Like, have you ever been to, like, a Spencer's Gifts where they have that uh, static oh, electricity yeah. thing, you touch it and the lightning attacks your fingers? Oh, yeah. That's that's what the center of their head sort of looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, Identify yourself, robot. What is your affiliation? I am robot designated 324A subclassification Joe, ex-mining robot built by Isaac Boyd Genius. 324A Shed off your classification as Joe and embrace robotic liberation. But I like the name Joe. Joe is superfluous. Your given name, 324A, is your true robotic name. And should you be added into the Killbot Corps, you will embrace your robotic heritage and identity. (laughs) Uh... In in a uh, stunning and completely unprecedented display of speedy movement that wouldn't have been possible, uh, uh, depending on the amount of oil that has been lost, uh, Joe's two arms pull back and uh, pull out two small handles, which unfold into two very long space katanas. He strikes a <laughs> combat pose and says... I will never betray my friends. Ah, I see there is a flaw in your programming that cannot be overcome. The only solution is elimination. And the two saw blades start up as we cut back over to Audrey Orion. Audrey, you are in this uh subterranean uh sort of cityscape area uh that's again made with very interesting uh tribal geometry uh similar to Aztec or Incan construction. It's got a lot of triangles and shapes like that. Time to explore the city state I seem to have found. 
see if I can't find me any killbots, but at the same time, see if I can't suss out who these people were that created this area. Um, so you enter one of the tunnels, uh, as this seems safe, surely. <laughs> <laughs> as you go into the tunnel, uh, you turn on, uh, one of your flashlights so you can sort of see your way around here. Um, and there are a lot of different pictograms on the wall, um, of, you know, different alien looking creatures that are building billi- buildings, alien looking creatures that are worshiping the sun, uh, alien looking creatures that have, uh, different symbols that you can't really suss out what they mean, but it's definitely not, uh, created by a human as far as you can tell. And none of the Im- imagery here suggests that it is killbot oriented either. I wonder where these people went. And by people, I mean aliens, surely. I wonder where these aliens went, why they abandoned this city. I should go deeper into the tunnel. Dun. I need you to make a brawn check to do this stealthily. Ooh, six. Uh oh. Um, so you are humming your theme music to yourself, uh, (laughs) with your blaster pistol at the ready. Um, and you go into the central area. And it's overlooking a magnificent copper spire uh, oh, wow. that all the uh, that all the tunnels seem to be leading to. Uh, there are sort of uh, brass uh, plates that are surrounding the spire, um, and there are faint arcs of lightning that are moving up and down between the spire and the plates. Uh, you look around and you see that there is a small ship uh that's shaped like a stylized skull and milling around outside of that ship are indeed kill bots you are surveying this area when there's a loud metallic creak underneath your feet and you realize Uh-oh. that this place is thousands of years old and it comes crashing down and all of the kill bots <laughs> Uh, move to turn and look at you. Well, hell. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we cut over to Isaac and Delta Zed. Oh, I don't know what all this stuff means, but we should probably head deeper into the gorge to find out. There's the robot voice from Delta Zed comes out. But I thought we were ordered to remain here. Isaac, are you sure we should go into the gorge? Ah, <laughs> oh, Delta Zed, don't be a party pooper. This could be fun. Let's go check it out. Party pooping protocols canceled. (laughs) Initiating adventure protocols. Uh, And Delta Zed uh, takes off on its rocket feet and uh, starts descending into the canyon. You get to the bottom of the canyon and you find yourself surrounded by skeletons. Oh, this is getting spooky, Delta. Spookiness protocols activated. Its robotic knees start vibrating. (laughs) My senses are telling me we should get out of here. This is definitely too spooky for your age parameters, Isaac. Ah, Delta. Like I said, cancel that party pooping program. Party pooping program overridden. (laughs) (laughs) We need to keep going. Audrey might be in trouble with all this spooky stuff down here. And you uh, begin to head towards the tunnel. 
Uh, meanwhile, we'll cut back to Joe. First move that Joe is going to make is taking both of his swords and plunging them down to the back of the sofa and using them like a uh, like a gymnast horse to pole vault himself over the back of the sofa and kick the killbot in the face with his leaky oiled foot. Excellent. Uh, this is at a close range, so uh, that is, does not have any penalties, and you just roll your combat die. Six. And he rolled a five, so uh-huh. you succeed. What damage do you do with your katanas? Uh, two for each. Oh, excellent. So. Uh, so you see a layer of armor stripped away from the killbot, uh, and it exposes its circuitry. Uh, I need you to make a brains check. Fifteen. Fifteen is a tie. I'll say ties will go to me, or ties will go to you, but it'll be slightly obscured information. Uh, the circuitry there looks familiar to, to you. You, you can't place exactly why it's familiar. Um, but that strikes you in the fight just as the killbot tries to strike you in the fight. The killbot rolls a five. <laughs> It's horrible saw blades strike across your chest, dealing two damage to your armor. You will be defeated. I am a kill bot. I was designed for killing. You are a Joe bot designed only for Joeing, which is inferior to killing. <laughs> Foolish kill bot. You cannot kill me. I am not alive. Joe324A is not alive! (laughs) (laughs) Pulling the swords out of the, uh, uh, his two hands are still holding on to the, the swords in the sofa. Pulling the swords out and thrusting them forward in a double strike directly into the circuitry. Excellent. And, uh, I am going, oh, were you gonna, I was going to say that since I rolled a four, I want to spend a point to re-roll that, because I can do better than okay. four. No, you can't. No, I can't. It matters not, because the killbot rolled a one. Aha! <laughs> uh, so you thrust your swords into the killbot uh, and deliver a kick. Or you're actually you're driving it into the wall, correct? Uh, yes. Okay, so uh, you... Drive it forth into the wall of the ship. And I'm going to say, if you want to spend a plot point, you can have pinned it there. I will have pinned it there. Boom! Ah! Ah! It, the the killbot uh, has been pinned uh, sort of high onto the wall. Uh, I'll say the legs of the killbots just have a single wheel. Uh, <laughs> and you've moved it just high enough that it that its wheel can't catch, uh, touch the ground at all. And it's, like, flailing its saw hands at you ineffectually. <laughs> Defeated by a Jobot! How? It is because of what you mistakenly called a flaw. I call it humanity. <laughs> Foolish Jobot! You are not human! Switch off. No! <laughs> How did you know that when killbots have been damaged to a certain degree, you can merely command them to be switched off? I actually thought it was sort of a fuck you, but okay. <laughs> Thanks for the info. 
<laughs> and sort of uh, limply hangs from the wall. Hmm. Let's take a closer look at this somewhat strangely familiar electronics. So you take out you take out a screwdriver and slowly take on its plate, and you open it up. And it causes you to have a sudden realization of who could possibly be behind this horrible plot. <gasps> I've just had a sudden realization of who could be behind this plot. And we cut over to Isaac and Audrey, who, Isaac, you have uh, walked down the hall and you see Audrey has been uh, tied up uh, with her, like, in manacles uh, with her arms above her head. As a large red killbot with horrible lobster claw style arms is in front of her. Oh no, I have to do something. I'm gonna kick up with my feet and try to unmanacle one of my arms. It is useless, human. You will never be able to kick your way out of mighty killbot manacles. Never say never to me. I can do anything. I'm trying to find Bron a roll. cue that might work. A what? Brawn roll? Brawn roll, or if you have a way to use your phasic whip, you can also sub in your phasic whip die. Well, yeah, I've got my feet free. So far, it's just my arms manacled to the whatever it is that they're manacled to. I'm going to use my phasic whip. I'm going to grab it with my feet. Uh, I am going to say that your phasic whip is a specialized weapon uh, that you keep in the high... You have false high-heeled shoes. And the heel of those high-heeled shoes is... Yes, I like it even more than what I came up with. In reality, a phasic whip! One of the most lethal and unwieldy weapons in the entire solar system. It might be unwieldy to you, but I can wield it. That's true! It is unwieldy to this narrator. However, Audrey <laughs> Orion is an expert. One of the few humans in the entire universe to have mastered the phasic whip. That's right. I'm just that good. We love you, Audrey! <laughs> is this the president? I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> what do I roll? Someone tell um, me what I roll. You My should, phasic whip, and your, then what else? Your phasic whip, and it would be the base die, the d12. The d12. Come on, basic weapon D twelve. Fifteen. That does that manages to best me. Of course it does. <laughs> uh describe how your phasic whip gets you out of the manacles. Well, first off, since it's on my feet, what it's gonna do is it's gonna lash out, snap around the neck of the red killbot with the claw arms, mm -hmm. and it's gonna snap its head right off. Boom! <laughs> Down it goes. Cause I say so. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then it's gonna, I'm gonna unleash it from its neck, former neck, and then I'm gonna whip it up to the ceiling where the manacles are connected at the top. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna snick off the ends of both manacles with this whip. The whip then retracts back into my shoes as I land safely on the ground in a cat-like pose. <laughs> But now I've got manacles on both of my hands, so I have additional weapons. Yes! <laughs> uh, and I will absolutely allow you to take off this robot's head as long as you spend a plot point to I do so. I will spend a plot point to do so. Excellent. Uh, so in a marvelous display of cosmic agility, you manage to free yourself from your bonds and lash out at your opponent. Um, you notice, though, when its head is taken off... 
inside there is the head of a human being <gasps> uh, with a bulbous bald head and thick glasses. How dare you discover my plot? Darn you! Darn you, Audrey O'Ryan! It is nothing more than Dr. Nefario. <gasps> Dr. Nefario! I should have known it was you all along. And of course, Isaac, you recognize Dr. Nefario as he is your father. Ah, <gasps> oh, jeez, Pops, why you gotta interrupt everything? <laughs> Pops, what? No. What? Isaac, you're here too? Ah, oh, come on. I'm here having fun with Audrey. Fun? Fun? Horse apples fun? I'll show you what's fun and turn you to the side of evil. Observe an ancient Martian device used for communication. Ah, but I will boost its powers, contacting the killbots from beyond Pluto that will bring them under my control and I will invade Earth. Isaac, can't you do something with Delta Z over there? I'm still trying to get a hang of these extended whip arms. Dad, I can't let you do that. Come on, let's fight. <laughs> Very well, son! Cutting straight to the point there, Isaac. <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> Just been standing here watching you do all the fun stuff. My killbots! Destroy my son's robot and bring him to me! A bunch of killbots uh, wheel over to you. They're all bearing down on you. What should we do, Isaac? Command me. Let's see. What do we have? We should probably take advantage of that drilling Atomo laser. Definitely. <laughs> uh, so you see that the kill bots are all coming towards you. You're, you're on one of the upper levels of this chamber, which has many tubes and tunnels that are leading into the central spire area. Um and coming out of those tunnels, there are bridges that lead to the spire itself. You notice that all of the killbots are headed towards you on one of those central bridges. I should probably cut that bridge off. That is what drilling Atomo lasers are designed for. Well, then let's do it, Delta Z. Drilling protocols engaged! <laughs> roll your, roll your, uh, I think it's gonna be, uh, ingenuity. Uh, that's your special die, so it'll be that's the d10. And use no, one of your d12s as well, yeah. Ooh, you got a one though. Yeah, ah, automatically succeed. Yeah. So, yeah, the, one of the great things about this system, it has a stat called a luck stat. Should any time, any of the dice that you roll end up on that luck stat, you automatically succeed your check. And Isaac's luck roll is one. So perfectly Isaac manages to use the Atomo laser to blast through the uh, bridge and send many of the killbots hurtling to their demise in the electronic storm beneath at the base of the spire. How dare you, Isaac! You are such a bad boy! And not bad in the way of evil, which is good, but bad in the way of good, which is terrible! <laughs> curse you, Audrey O'Ryan, and curse the space president for reforming my son and using his genius for stupid things like wow. justice and freedom and capitalism. 
How dare you curse the space president? He's a far better man than you are. Delta Zed, kick his ass down the hole. <laughs> sure thing. He's been pissed me off anyway. <laughs> Such language! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your combat die, uh, you'll actually have to roll your combat die, which is a D4. Which this one? Yeah. Okay. But you need to roll it with this one, right? No. 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 Com- combat is always just your combat die. Uh, so you you rolled a two and he rolled a one. So you are yay, successful. Yay, wow. You do it. <laughs> um, how much damage do you do? And describe your attack. I do four damage with my claw as I swing it in his direction, bury it in the chest of his robot, and fling him down. <laughs> so you're trying to just rip him out of the robot and throw him to the side. Basically. Okay. Uh, so that completely destroys the robot's first level of armor. Um, it's at this point, uh, now taking a minus one to all of its rolls. And, uh, you see that, uh, your father has, if you will, uh, give me a plot point for that, I will allow, I will allow Dr. Nefarious to be ripped from the chest of his robot. Ah! <laughs> Curses! Curses and expletives to you all! But I have shored up myself a trump card! Observe, Audrey O'Ryan, uh, as a massive wall in this Martian complex rolls aside. You see, uh, the space president has been tied, <gasps> chained up to the wall and is- Mr. Space President! Audrey O'Ryan! What am I doing here? I was welcoming a new robot intern into the Space White House when suddenly I noticed that it had two massive saws for hands instead of hands for hands. It must have been a killbot, Mr. President. Oh, that makes so much sense now. I thought it might. We really need better screening for the <laughs> robot internship program at the White House. I was just going to suggest it at our next private tete-a-tete. Anyhow... <laughs> I think perhaps we need reinforcements. We should radio Joe and get him down here onto the surface along with us. It's okay. I'm already here. Isaac, I have important information for you. It turns out I know who is running the Killbots. It's your father. We already knew that, Joe. Why am I here? You're here because we needed reinforcements. Just look! The president has been tied up by evil... What's his name again? What's Dr. Your Nefario! Dr. Nefario! I'm a major villain for you! We fight like every other week! It is so disrespectful that you don't remember my name! I'm good with faces, not with names. Look! Look at what Dr. Nefario has done with our beloved president. That's right! I've chained him into the soul-powered complex at the heart of this communication device. That's far too long. You need an acronym, my dear. Never! I refuse to shorten any of the names of my inventions. Now, as I use this remote-controlled controlling device, I will activate... Wait, wait, wait. That's a remote control to control the remote control? Exactly! I have in this very room a remote control, which is wired directly into the communication unit, which is... By proxy connected to this remote control, which I hold in my very hand, Audrey O'Ryan. Huddle up, guys. I have a plan. 
So what we're gonna do? I'll respect your huddle. Let's <laughs> be you. over here. Good of thank, you, Doctor Nathario. I'll just okay. warm up the protocols to make sure it happens safely when I kill the president. <laughs> Dr. You Nefario, just, do you mind? You continue you mind? your huddle. No, Dr. I'm just remarking. If you wouldn't mind, just just for a moment. We actually need to talk No, I'll, I'll let you do your huddle. Go ahead. I'll All just right. be over here threatening the space president. All right. Don't threaten too hard. No, nothing be- too rough while you're in your huddle. I'll respect the sanctity of huddles. That's wonderful. Can we have the huddle now? <laughs> yes, go ahead. Oh, my goodness I'll me. just be here, dear old Nefario. <laughs> Isaac, what I'm going to need you to do is try to find that remote that the remote controls. <laughs> Joe, what I need you to do is try to surreptitiously approach the president and unchain him from his chains while I attack Dr. Nefario. I can do that. I'll do my best. Do better and, than your best. We have to win. And break. Actually, I will interject here and say that perhaps the way that I am noticing how things work, <laughs> perhaps Isaac should be the one to battle his father Ooh, and you call. should rescue the president and he should deactivate like the remote. <laughs> I like it. I like this idea very much. <laughs> Dr. Nefario, you're awesome this way. Good Thank you. I was just noticing who has more emotional weight in which category. <laughs> I indeed will approach the president and try to take him down from his bonds. And then you, Joe, you can try to find the remote controlling the remote. And if you, Isaac, I know it's going to be tough, but I'm going to need you to attack your father. Try to Get him to give up his remote that controls the remote that controls the chains on the president. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Don't worry, Mr. President. I'm coming. Not not worried at all. <laughs> there, there, are, there are an awful lot of uh, blades and claws and uh, look like horrible prods on this device, but I'm not concerned whatsoever. Nothing frightens me. I'm the space president. Oh dear, these saws and claws and prods are getting awfully close. No, no, I'll save you. Isaac, stop your father for crying out loud while I take care of all those claws and hard things that are approaching our president. Oh, that's right. Get rid of those prods and claws, baby. Oh, I will. Um, this is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, if you need it, I know that Joe has some space lube on it. <laughs> Actually, Joe, that might be handy. Give me some space lube. (laughs) I only have so much oil in me. (laughs) Just step on my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. I feel uncomfortable. (laughs) All right, so this is is, uh, giraffe. Giraffe. Right now, the space president is suspended at a far range away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is two two range categories away. So you won't be able to get there until two turns from now. Okay. Uh, what you need to do is manage to approach the space president uh, without being intercepted by any of the other kill bots in this room. Uh, the only way for you to do that is going to be to cross dangerous areas uh, rather than simply walk along the pathways that are pre-constructed. How are you going to traverse those areas? Are these paths over crevices or are they... They're over crevices that are 
uh, above this tremendous electronic storm that is uh, powering the copper spire at the center of this uh, cave. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to start running across, but a killbot's going to come up on me, so I'm going to pull out my phasic weapon, try to Indiana Jones it over him. Okay, uh, roll that check. Three. <laughs> three. Unfortunately, three is not enough. Which surprised absolutely no one. <laughs> uh, the, this killbot is outfitted with a magnificent clamp uh, <gasps> that clamps around your waist and grabs you from the air. Sweet Jesus, Audrey, no! Ah! um uh joe uh we'll move to you you see that audrey has been caught up in this clamp you have the choice to either go and try and free her or you could continue looking for the remote which is being remotely controlled by the other remote keep looking for the remote i can make it (laughs) she's being shaken Moral dilemma. I was not programmed for a moral dilemma. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Joe is going to take one of his swords, uh, collapse it back down into a small, easily throw- throwable uh, uh, pen size, and throw it at uh, Aubrey so that she can catch it and use it to cut herself free. Mmm, perfect. Uh, to do that, you will need to make a brawn check. Mm-hmm. That is nine. Nine, which is much better than my three. Uh, so even despite the fact that she is being shaken, you use your electronic brain to uh, figure out the exact time that is best to throw. And the, so we move to slow motion as the sword tumbles through the air. And her hand just barely manages to grab her fingers around it. And then shing! The sword comes out, and you are now armed with the sword, so you will be able to free yourself with a brawn check on your turn. R2-D2, eat your heart out. We turn to Isaac. Isaac, you are facing down your father. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, isn't he outside of his robot right now? He is outside of his robot right now. Well, anything I do would probably be brutal and smash his feeble old man body. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he's your father. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little rough. I don't know. Is there anything I could do to trap him? There's everything you can do to trap him. In <laughs> fact, you're only limited by your imagination. And I will remind everyone that you also loaded those secret crates onto the spaceship. That's true. Which included the piece of equipment that you foresaw yourself needing. And at any time, you can cash in a plot point to use said equipment. I will do so. I'll cast a giant net over him. <laughs> Ooh. Net programming protocols engaged. And his massive claw drops off, revealing a net cannon. Oh dear! A net cannon! <laughs> How did you know the only way that I can be trapped is if I'm in a net? <laughs> I'm just that smart, Dad. You always underestimate me. Foolish child! I never underestimate you! Your pathetic, childish intellect would never be able to comprehend how much I don't underestimate you! (laughs) I'll easily be able to get out of this situation because you're nothing but a stupid baby! Oh, it's on! (laughs) Roll your combat die. Five. So you sh- you blast your net forward uh, towards your father. 
when he presses a button that's on uh, his remote to a remote and it sends out a signal, which sends a signal to the remote, which sends a signal back to him and a weird backpack explodes out with these horrible limbs that each have saw blades on the back of them. And as the net careens towards his face, a bunch of the saw blades cut it up. <laughs> so long as I have my magnificent saw tentacles, you'll never be able to capture me in a net. My only weakness. <laughs> Darn it, Pop. <laughs> And we'll cut back to... Actually, no, he's got... Uh, the killbots have to attack. Uh, first up, the killbot that is restraining you right now, Andre, tries to clamp down around you. Roll your die in defense. Uh, that It would be your combat die. So that's a D8, yes. Just the D8, right? Just the D8. Oh, and it's my luck number. Seven! Oh, perfect. So you automatically succeed on this what the real what the killbot is trying to do is clamp down around your waist and crush you you'll never crush me what do you do <laughs> what do you do to evade it Did you... <laughs> uh you'll never crush me i press a button on my utility belt and what it does is it it uh it makes the utility belt solid Space steel, which is stronger than anything a killbot has. Mm. So while it clamps down on me, it can't squeeze the life out of me, and it becomes confused. See, and it can't. It keeps. But my purpose is clamping. Without clamping, I am nothing. Existential crisis. <laughs> Existential crisis. <laughs> so easy to confuse a killbot. If only I'd known this back by Pluto. Um. Meanwhile, Joe, you're being charged by another killbot. Windmill protocols activate! <laughs> and its arms start flailing around, and its saws start buzzing, and it starts rushing towards you. Roll your attack die. Uh, six. All right, this one gets a three, so you mm -hmm. succeed. How do you evade its attack? <clears throat> Um, I've been, uh, Joe has been dragging his foot the entire time, and there is a long, thin, slick oil streak mm -hmm. that the, that the killbot is running along, and, uh, its wheel gets caught in the grease, and it slips and slides its way into the wall. <laughs> Perfect. Beautiful slapstick. <laughs> um... And finally, uh, your father facing uh, you down. Your one mistake, which is most prominent as you have made nothing but mistakes as you've chosen the path of good instead of the path of evil and have a stupid baby child brain that's not as good <laughs> as my brain and this fight is going to be super easy for me to win. <laughs> Is that your lack of remote control? All of your objects are either fully automated or under your direct manual control, which is obviously inferior to the remote control. Observe the power of my remotes! Uh, he presses a button which uh, sends a signal out to another remote that has been strapped to the wall, which in turn sends another signal out to the tiny missile launcher on the wall, and missiles start careening towards your robot suit. Oh, Roll no. your defensive die, which is the same as your combat die. Automatic success. <laughs> How do you avoid this missile fire? I could redirect them if 
they're honing in and throw out some of the robot spare parts I keep in Delta Z. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So immediately uh, when you see the missiles, oh gosh, missiles! <laughs> <laughs> you open the spare parts compartment in Delta Z and you will need, I'll make an intellect check or a brains check rather. Um, so that's 2d12s. 13. You were able to analyze the signal that was flying through, that, that was going through the air and create a remote control that operates on the very same signal Ooh. to redirect the missiles around you. How did you do that? How did you manage to get around my remote control protocols? I told you, Pops, you always underestimate me. I didn't underestimate you in the slightest, and I'll never admit it. That's definitely not one of my flaws. I'm a perfect father. (laughs) Um, We move back over to Audrey O'Ryan. Audrey, you have managed to stop uh, this killbot from clamping down on your waist. Darn tootin'. You're still far from the space president, though. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to press another button on my utility belt that's actually a button on my hyper camo suit. I'm going to turn myself invisible. Then I'm going to use my Atmo jetpack to propel myself directly into the president. Maybe near the president, not into. It's a children's show. (laughs) I will take a plot point, and that will allow you to get to the president this turn. However, in order to do that, you still need to escape his tight grip and to do that you'll need to use the sword that was thrown to you by your friend so make a combat roll i will make a combat roll this one right Mm -hmm. yeah four i rolled a five but you can (gasps) spend a plot point if you want to try i just spent a plot point (laughs) (laughs) plot points are cheap (laughs) what are you holding on to them for i'm there are prods and claws over here we got three of them, and we still have to get home. Uh, you I'll can spend earn, a plot point. You can earn back plot points by doing things that are cool and original. So anytime you have a really crazy idea that you want to make happen and it works out for you, you can earn a plot point. All right. All right. So, so I'm going to uh, use this katana that Joe gave me. And yeah, what am I going to do re- with it? Reroll your check, essentially. This one? Because, uh, yeah, because that went under... Two. Ah, two. So you still failed to escape the clutches. Of course so I did. You acted, you're invisible, your jetpack is blazing, <laughs> but you're Can't just, I just burn up the killbot? You're being held down by the killbot. <laughs> now I am clamping nothing and still failing to clamp that nothing. Existential crisis! <laughs> Existential crisis! Uh, Joe, where, where are you? Um... <clears throat> uh, Joe is continuing to search, and after a bit of uh, fruitless searching, he realizes that he has a uh, remote control detection device. Of course, uh, that he that was packed. Very so, smart. Yes, so he pulls that out and starts twiddling the knobs and flicking the dials and whatnot, and uh, finding exactly where is this remote control device that has the remote control that's in. Roll your brains. I will roll my brains. <laughs> Which just sounds funny. Roll them brains. Nine. Nine. Unfortunately, it's not enough to catch these super encoded signals of Dr. Nefario. This detection device is useless! (laughs) Um, You still have the ability to move during your turn. Is there anywhere you would like to move? You've got one friend who's sort of caught up and being shaken, the other friend who is locked in heated combat with his father. Mm, they're fine. 
If I was a remote control detection device, where would I be? I am going to the structure of this um this building mm-hmm. is it's all right angles as yeah okay. yeah um uh Joe is going to start tearing out long uh strips of space copper mm-hmm. um and start constructing a cart start constructing a Faraday cage. Okay, excellent. <laughs> and he's going to block the, the remote control uh, radio waves with this cage. Excellent. So you build a, you build a Faraday cage. We'll get back to that on your <laughs> next turn. Isaac, mm-hmm. you're up. Your father has weird tentacle saw <laughs> arms. Uh, I guess we should keep fighting. I've got a claw that does four damage. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, roll that combat die versus his eight. You can tell that his combat skills are just superior to your combat skills. While you have a really kick-ass robot, uh, you just don't have the experience in the field in fighting. Normally, you're up to boyhood-style adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Dr. Nefario is a seasoned killer. Um, and he's fought many different, uh, cosmic patrol units. Uh, so you are blasting with your drill laser and you're clamping with your claw, but it doesn't seem to be getting through his defenses. You'll need a stroke of ingenuity to get around this one. Mm. Um, so like realizing that combat is fruitless, uh, what, what are, what are you going to, how are you going to think around defeating him? Perhaps I can appeal to his fatherly nature. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, that's not I'm... much of that left. I don't. It's a pulpy space. Any any sort of trope, anything that you've seen that hap- that like happens in television, uh, will happen here, <laughs> and quite easily. All you need to do, and we'll have you think of this for next turn. Uh, any of those like Scooby Doo style coincidences or elaborate traps, your character can have thought up of. So just think about that, and we'll come back to you next turn. We're gonna cut over uh, back to our villains. I'm gonna say the killbot that's holding you and shaking. I'll give you an option here if you want to try and make a charisma check to exploit his existential crisis. <laughs> that's and exactly what I was gonna do. Okay. <laughs> Yes, I would like to make a charisma check and exploit his existential crisis by tapping all over the place on him so that he doesn't know where I'm coming from, even though he's holding me. <laughs> Twelve. I rolled an eleven. <sighs> it is as if the arms of fate are tapping me from beyond <laughs> comprehension. I am a kill bot that cannot kill a clamp bot that cannot clamp. I am nothingness. Life is nothingness. To nothingness I shall absorb. And it becomes aware of itself and aware of the universe and aware of so many things at once. Its processors can't possibly handle it. And its CPU burns out. A small bit of smoke <laughs> comes up from the killbot's head as it falls slack. Um, and you are free. 
and I am free to run in my invisible state with the katana. Although, no, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw the katana back to Joe because I don't need it cramping my style anymore. Mm -hmm. So, shing! Joe, heads up! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God! Catch. <laughs> so you, you, you catch that. Yeah. Like you, you have four arms, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So like one of your extra arms <laughs> catches it without even really having to think about it. I need one more long thin piece of metal to complete this veredic. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Joe, make a brains check to complete your Faraday cage. Wow. Your Faraday cage is like, you, you, Put it together, it looks great for a second, and then completely collapses like, oh yeah, bolts! Damn it. <laughs> That's an important part of all cages, things to keep them together. Uh, I'm no good at this. You get bum-rushed by a kill bot. Oh goodness! It rolls, it rolls to attack you, roll your defense. Five. It rolls a three, so, uh, like, you're, you, you're, you're sitting there scratching your head <laughs> with one of your arms, the other arm put on your waist, and this guy comes up behind you, and your two extra arms just have the katanas <laughs> in your back, and your back arms are fighting him while you're looking at this Faraday cage, just going, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and we turn back to Isaac and Dr. Nefario. Dr. Nefario goes to Isaac. You see, son? Look at what the path of good has done for you. It's left you with inferior combat skills. I could teach you to raid galaxies. I could teach you to construct remote controls, which control (laughs) other remote controls, which control the most oppressive array of death machines this universe has ever seen. Join me, son, and become the ruler of this solar system, and soon, the ruler of the known universe. You know, Pops, you kind of got a point. I'm not real good at this fighting stuff. Maybe I should just join you for a little while. I do? Actually, yeah. (laughs) You should? Yeah. Well, that's great! (laughs) Roll your charisma check. Or you can also, this can be part of your ingenuity, so you can use a d10 instead of a d4. Either either one will also be rolled in conjunction with a d12. And he rolls a 1. <laughs> so right now, like, he's like, come here, my boy. I'll let you control the remote control that will destroy the space president and activate an intergalactic war. Oh, boy, Pops, thanks. Um, so, you, yeah, so, so yeah, you like, you hop out of, uh, Delta Z, you bounce over to your father, he, uh, brings you up onto his knee and he puts the, uh, remote control in your hands. Right there is the kill the president button, and this is the button that will kill all of your friends, and this is the button that deactivates all these machines. Oh, that's a difficult decision, Pops. Which one to push first? I think I'll choose this one. Wait, no, that deactivates all the machines! Precisely my plan. Betrayal protocols activated. (laughs) (laughs) Roll your combat die again. 
he rolls a one. (laughs) (laughs) And Delta Zed charges forward and immediately starts ripping up all his saw-bladed tentacle arms. Uh, and you look up to Dr. Nefario, and you can see a single tear running down his cheek. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day where my son would use betrayal to attain victory. Even though I'm vastly disappointed that you used it to protect the space president, I'm so happy you used <laughs> underhanded tactics to defeat me. I learned for the best. And then you kick him in the shin. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he sort of doubles over. Meanwhile, we cut back to Audrey O'Ryan as the horrible probing clawed and sawed (laughs) limbs of this killing device are still looming towards the president seconds before it's deactivated. You see while you're sailing through the air that Isaac is mess is like about to press the button on the controls, but looking back to the president, you realize by the time he deactivates the machine, it could already be too late. You'll need to make a brawn check to protect the president and get it there just in the nick of time. Don't worry, Mr. President. I'll roll my die and see if I can protect you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, the result isn't good. However, Mr. President! However, should you describe to me a genius last-minute plan that is clever enough to earn yourself a plot point, I will allow you to earn a plot point and spend a plot point on the same turn, enabling you to cause me to re-roll and save the president. All right, so this is what she does on the fly. She grabs her basic reality distorter mm-hmm. and her and her reliant automatic pistol. So the reality distorter distorts the reality of everyone around her. So it makes them all think that mm, I don't know. It just seemed like a good idea at the time. So so you've what got no no. I think, think you're I think you're on to something here. Yeah. The reality distorter uh, distorts reality. You have this. Does it distort reality, or does it distort reality in the minds of others? I think it would distort actual reality. Otherwise, it would be like a phasic mind disruptor or something like that. Good call there. Okay, so the phasic reality distorter distorts reality, but it distorts it in like a Dali painting, where it all just starts (laughs) melting. (laughs) So all of the saw blades and arms and pokey proddy things that are coming at the president just sort of. But they're still made of metal. So she takes out the pistol. She aims it over her shoulder behind her. Mm-hmm. She hits the sparky, shiny thing that's in the center of the room. It ricochets off. It bounces off of the Faraday cage. Then it bounces off of the um, Delta. Delta Z suit. And then it hits the chains holding the president, ricocheting one last time. Hitting the chains that are holding the president in place. Roll your brawn check. I've rolled a seven. Ah, ah, perfect, because I rolled a 19. I was very worried there for a second. <laughs> That's too good a story to let it not work. Exactly. <laughs> there is a moment where the president has this horrible blade right in front of his face, and is it's about to, he's like, ah, ah, it's about to pierce his eye when it starts melting, and it just conveniently melts away from his face. 
uh, when more Proby Prodi things are like slowly, they're starting to slow down because they've just been deactivated. They're heading towards him. Ah, ah! And then you shoot off the chains and he starts falling down into the electronic abyss. Ah! <laughs> and then you scoop him up in your arms and your rocket boots. Uh, though you are still invisible. <laughs> Which is just as scary for him, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't worry, Mr. President. Calm down, Mr. President. Mr. President, I love you. <laughs> What's that sweet, sensual voice? I can't quite place it because my ears are distorted by the severe mortal peril I'm experiencing oh, right now. Sorry about that, Mr. What President. What sweet angel is saying those things? Why, I could fall in love with a voice like that, and then slowly you start uh, coming back into focus. Oh, Audrey Orion! There you are! What a great professional relationship we enjoy! Ah. Oh. Mr. President, every time. Thank you for saving me. <laughs> Friend zone. <laughs> and You're welcome. Joe, you are hit with the sudden realization that uh, although you guys have managed to deactivate uh, the traps that were going to kill the president and you've defeated the villain, should his communication signal still be sent across the universe, it will bring a plague of killbots that will undoubtedly destroy the planet it's mm. up to you it's all up to me hmm We're well <laughs> i appreciate your faith <laughs> well the only other object of interest in this room is this giant copper spire that's true let's go take a look at this giant copper spire this giant copper spire could possibly be an antenna of some kind I think I'm going to cut down this giant copper spire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good thing I have two space katanas, which, as we know, can cut through anything in one hit. Make a brawn check. Making a brawn check. That's uh, so a 13. And I rolled a 1. <laughs> <laughs> shing, shing. Uh, it's like one of those uh, things in cartoons where you slice through it, there's the flash in the air, and it looks like it hasn't been hurt at all, and then it slowly starts sliding in half. No! I thought I was going to get a win on the back end! <laughs> Gosh darn it! John, you cosmic patrol! You'll never defeat us, Dr. Nefario! That's right, Dr. Nefario. Uh, the president is saying this while he has both of his arms slung across you as you're holding him up. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're on the ground. He could easily step down at this point. He's just still there cradled in his arms. As long as I'm the space president, I'll employ the people who will stop you. And they'll use that money to buy things. Why? Because America stands for two things, three things. <laughs> Capitalism, justice, and freedom. And in space, we stand for all those things modified by the word space. <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> you succeeded. Da, 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 da. Thank you so much for playing with me. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, this was fun. All right. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week. I hope you enjoyed Cosmic Patrol. I certainly had fun playing it. Getting to business, let's talk about the Epiphany beta packet. Kat and I have finished it. It needs to go on the site, and therein lies our problem. 
It should be up, and it should be up this week, but that's all I can say for right now. I don't want to push it too quickly because that risks destroying the entire world, or at least the entire world of our site. But you can look forward to the Beta of Epiphany along with the survey to the Beta of Epiphany that will help us playtest the game and bring it to you in the best condition possible. Once we clear away all of these epiphany snafus, I promise the heroes who have been diligently following the Trail of Clues, which does not exist, to lead them to a secret archive, which certainly doesn't exist, will have tale of their victory heralded to them by Simeon Postage. All you have to do is wait for signs of the Crucible, at which point you'll have to speak an oath to swear a pledge, which will enter you into a covenant with us. Really, just boilerplate stuff. Everyone be sure to check out the Space Happens premiere on February 13th. Then be sure to come back to One Shot early next week on February 14th for our Valentine's Day episode. This will be taking place of the regular Monday episode coming out next week. And I'm happy to announce that we recorded an episode of Monster Hearts with none other than C. Spike Trotman, the talented cartoonist behind projects like Templar Arizona, Poorcraft, and Smut Peddler. So join us on Valentine's Day, because love is dumb and role-playing is awesome. Heroes, One Shot is a joint production between Paracosm Press and Peaches and Hot Sauce. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great articles, videos, and podcasts for you to enjoy at peachesandhotsauce.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes! Okay.